Welcome back, everyone, to Talking It Out with Mike and Brian. And today we're talking to Carl Radke from Bravo TV's hit show, Summer House. And we're going to be talking about mental health and addiction. And he has a very emotional, personal story, losing his brother to mental illness and addiction. And we're looking forward to getting into this vulnerable conversation with him. What do you think, Mike? This is what the culture needs. This is to have a conversation about the male psyche, about mental health, about addiction. I am so pumped up to have this conversation and I am so elated to be able to do it with Carl and, and, and I'm just so proud that he's so honest and open, you know. Um, this is what we need. You know, 1, we always hear, we always hear women talk about it uh, and it's hard for women to talk about, right? Uh, but men go through things as well and I find that with men, we try to have a tough face all the time, right? And so I'm just so excited, to be honest. I can't even express my excitement for this today. Three men being vulnerable, man. I mean, it's it's powerful. It's a it's going to be a three, powerful three conversation. Three strong men, right? Absolutely. Three strong, three men, strong men, men being vulnerable. And like, like you know, man, showing that vulnerability is strength in and of itself. So I'm looking Definitely. forward to it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Let's get into these uh, li- these listeners' questions right here. Let's do it. Uh, the first one they ask, and again, thank you guys for sending in your questions. Continue to please do that. Uh, how do you? The question is, how do you guys think we can talk about mental illness in a more constructive way in our society? I'll ask you that first. Mm. Well, I think you're you got to start by breaking down the stigmas of mental health, right? You know, and I think that all starts with education. Knowledge is power at the end of the day. And, you know, there's so many stigmas to mental health. I think we as a society need to learn how to talk openly about mental health, right? We need to educate ourselves and others about mental health. We need to, you know, be conscious about the type of language we use, right? Because, you know, everybody's so quick to say, oh, that person's crazy or, you know, OCD and things like that. And you know what I mean? Like that is just perpetuating the stigma, right? Yeah. Didn't your boy Dave Chappelle talk about that? About you shouldn't be calling people crazy? Yeah, absolutely. I think there needs to be empathy. There needs to be compassion for those that are really struggling with, with mental illness. Because it's, it's a very serious problem in our society, especially now with the pandemic. What do you think? Yeah, the pandemic has sadly only made things worse for all people uh, in that regards to mental illness. Like the sun, I think that we do need people just as much as we need the sun. Um, how do I think that we can talk about mental illness in a more constructive way in our society? I think things like what we're doing and talking about it, quite honestly, talking it out, uh, that's helpful. To see our peers, these... Uh, athletes that we look up to as guys and ladies to see them talk about it. You know, someone that we look up to on the highest of levels and when they open up, I know uh, 
these celebrities are coming out with documentaries and when we see them, people that we love and they're talking about stuff is, it makes you feel as if you're not the only one going through it, right? Uh, for us to, in the household, those little microaggressions that we, that we do when we see someone say, oh God, they're talking about this crap again, right? Yeah. We need to watch that. I'm sorry, we need to catch that when we do that and to correct ourselves uh, when someone is trying to be vulnerable, when someone is trying to open up. Now, when I say vulnerability, I'm not saying to be weak. I'm not saying to make excuses. I'm saying, you know, mental illness starts from somewhere, right? Mental illness uh, can be helped. You know, it's not a, it's not an incurable. Not a death sentence. Yeah, it's not an incurable disease, right? Yeah. So I want people to know that as well. Um, talking about it, not isolating yourself. Um, I think that so many times, the first thing we want to do is isolate. Right. Isolation is not the key when it comes to uh, having mental illness, when it comes to being depressed. And so that I feel, quite honestly, we need to stop those microaggressions and we need to reach out and touch, reach out and, you know, hug. Absolutely. And I think in the in the larger sense, I mean, I think people need to maybe we all need to check the media. Right. Because I yeah, feel like the yeah. media plays a role in those mental health stigmas. I mean, if you turn on the news you're going to get a portrayal often of, you know, mental illness, linked, uh, mental illness linked with violence or those that have the mental health issues as dangerous or a criminal mm -hmm. evil. You know what I'm saying? Disabled. And completely. you get that a ton on TV shows and in movies. So I completely know what you're saying. I, I, I get pissed off that the media and news outlets don't show positivity as much. They show a lot of negativity, right? Exactly. And it's because that's what pays their bills, right? It's because that gets clicks, what what bleeds leads, yeah. you know? And I, I just truly wish that the positivity that people do is shown more often. Someone, uh, the other day I had tweeted about uh, the heinous crimes that uh, the individual took against uh, eight people, six of those were Asian women. Yeah. And someone said, Mike, stop, showing them you need to show the victims and i love that they told me that i agree with them on that yeah. uh, and so completely and utterly on your on your side when it comes to what we consume right what we see and so some of it you know we turn on tv it's just going to be there. we turn on our social media it's just going to be there but watch who you follow right you know follow the people that are doing good for your heart right follow the people that you know, or showing love, you know, listen to things of that nature, you know, be around friends of that. There's what I'm getting to, quite honestly, is having boundaries, right? Why can the NFL, they have out of bounds, right? The NBA have an out of bounds. MLB has out of bounds. Hockey, out of bounds. Every sport has an out of bounds. We can take that and use that within our life as well. Boundaries are huge, yeah. right? We can have boundaries in our own life. I always talk about you know, Fortune 500 companies have a board of directors. We can also have our own board of directors to check in with us. You know, three, four, five people that we truly care about and they have our best interests at heart. Family is not necessarily blood. And I want people to know that as well. So you can have someone out there that's a friend that truly cares about you, who is on your board of directors um, to help you get through that mental illness or help you get to that depression or that state of mind that you're in at that time. Absolutely. And I think also, um, you know, people could make steps, you know, to get rid of these stigmas by advocating for mental health reform, right? Mm. Because at the end of the day, like 
these stigmas are so damaging. I mean, they're causing these people, you know, feelings of shame. It's going to lead to that isolation that you were talking about and just a, just really a, a, a self-image that's distorted. Bro. So, you know, when fe people feel like this, they're less likely to seek that treatment out and disclose that mental health condition and get that help that they need. You know what I'm saying? So we need, need to make it an open conversation. And so, you know, the people that are struggling out there can feel good about going and getting the help that they need. I completely agree there. You know, something that I didn't think I was going to discuss today, but it just it, it's on my heart to say. The youth are born into this social media age. The youth are born into filters. They're literally literally born with a filter on their face. Yeah. From like day one of coming into the world. And so I think social media needs to take accountability. Right. Yeah. I how how do you feel when it comes to filters and things of that nature? Yeah, no, I mean, like we talked about, I mean I think the media, all media, and specifically social media, I think that plays a big part in you know how people look at themselves and you know if they're like a lot of people don't want to expose themselves out there because like we talked about they're gonna people maybe will think that they're weak or you know what i'm saying especially for men you know what i mean like mm -hmm. men we don't want to be vulnerable you know out there in normal life especially social media i mean imagine it's, a, it's taught for men it's taught from a young age yeah. you're, you're exactly right um from, as for men specifically, we, we're not in every culture, not in every household, but I would say in the, in the, for the most part, men literally are taught that. Don't cry. Get up. No, don't do that. You know, those little things add up and play into our head. And over time, because as we it's become normalized. Adults, yeah, it's normalized. Oh. Right. But again, what is taught can be unlearned. Absolutely. What is taught can be untaught as well. Let's see. I've never been to therapy because my family is very against it. Do you have any thoughts on how I can begin to talk to them about mental illness? Hmm. What do you think? I love that question because it's a real question. Right? Yeah. Real life uh, situation it's, right it's, here. It's, yeah, it's real life situation. It's straight up. Uh, not everyone feels that seeking therapy is a good thing. And I want to tell all those people, you're wrong. Like mm. you're wrong. There, there is nothing wrong with seeking therapy. I have uh, sought and spoke out when I was in the military, before the military, uh, you know, even being on the show, uh, and so the Bachelorette, and it's therapeutic. Writing my book was extremely therapeutic, right? And so, I would say to this listener, you know, that her family is or him, his or her family is against uh, them doing therapy. Is that baby? This is about you. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, you got to in this case, I hate to say it, but you got to focus on yourself and lead by example. And hopefully they'll come around because what's important is your happiness. What's important is your sanity. If they are bringing down your sanity, you may need to, you know, have boundaries with them as well. What do you say on that? I totally agree with you. And I feel like what you were getting at was the person that asked the question needs to seek the help and, Correct. you know, maybe, maybe do therapy. And I think that's a great way to present it to the family by sharing your own experience, right? You know, talk about how therapy has helped you. I mean, let's face it for some people, like if they've never been to therapy, the thought of sitting across from somebody like a mental health professional, which is technically a stranger and spilling out, mm -hmm. you know, tons of secrets about themselves. That's, 
that's scary. Daunting. Yeah, that's daunting for some that, people. It's totally daunting. So, but if you could, if you can fill someone in on the positives of what you experience with therapy, then that can, you know, pretty much help to put oh, the person's mind at ease. And I actually have a personal story. Like Rachel and I did premarital cance- counseling, okay. premarital, premarital counseling, not only with uh, the pastor who married us, but also with a mental health care professional. And I could tell you right now that it was extremely helpful. I mean, we got down to the root of, you know, certain issues in our, our relationship that were negatively impacting our relationship. And we were able to get those, you know, all those feelings out in the open. We unpacked them and, you know, we ultimately flushed it all out. And that just made us stronger as a unit. So I, love that. I think sharing those stories like that could help your loved ones relate to therapy and see how it could benefit them. R&B love, man. I love that. R&B love. <laughs> R&B love. I truly love that. I would, to that point, I'm glad that you guys have done that. I'm glad that you speak out on that because you may have just impacted somebody, right? And so that's yeah. just a, a great thing right there. For me, what I've learned after seeking counsel, therapy, it allows me when I'm speaking to other people, how to convey my feelings a bit yeah. more, how to convey what's going on with me. How to Because at times, we may be going through something, but we just don't know how to get it out. You know what I mean? And so going to therapy has helped me to understand what I'm going through, to find the words so that I could communicate those words to someone that I'm talking to. And that may be what this individual needs to do with their family. You know, go to therapy, do it on their own. And then maybe it may help them to find those words that they can convey it back to their family and friends. And Mike, don't you think that, you know, obviously you have experience with therapy, like, but prior to going to therapy, I'm sure you had your reservations as well, right? Like you had questions going in. So it's like, think about those questions you had before your first therapy session and, you know, share, hey mom, hey dad, hey brother, hey sis, hey best friend. Like I had the same questions Mm -hmm. you did. You know what I'm saying? And like, now look at me now type scenario. You know what I'm saying? No, definitely. You're just saying, just be honest to them. Yeah. Be transparent of, hey, I didn't think this, you know, I had my reservations too. And I think that really definitely will help, man. I love that point. That's a great point, Brian. Love that. Absolutely. So how do you feel? Like, oh, I'm sorry, not how do you feel? What do you do for self-care? What do you do for your self-care? Oh man, self-care for me. I feel like I'm pretty simple, man. Uh a good spa day is always is always uh needed sometimes. Definitely a good massage, you know, Swedish, deep tissue, whatever the case may be. <laughs> Listen, man, I like I have dedicated my life to I'm a chiropractor. So it's a situation where it's like I'm adjusting people all day and it's it's physically demanding. You know yes. what I mean? Like yeah. I bust my body to help other people out with their body. So I sometimes need, need some TLC as well. So, you there know, you taking time to focus on myself. Uh, what else? Let's see. One of the things that. <laughs> Rachel gets annoyed with. I take long showers, bro. Same. I take, it's like a spa at home, right? I let the the hot water, you know, go all over me. Like it's very therapeutic. You know, when I come home at night, I put on some like Zen music on YouTube, turn off the lights, I'm chilling, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of get, got to get over the, the stress of all of the whole day. In the mornings, same thing. I'll, you know, maybe put on some motivational videos, some, 
motivational yeah. speakers yes. and just get myself pumped up for the rest of the day. You know what I mean? Rachel's yes. like very quick. She's like in and out. I'm like, <laughs> I'm the one that's in there for like an hour. Um, but yeah, man, uh, working out. Think, uh, working out definitely yeah, is a good one. Got to do that. What about you, man? Tell me about you. I like you, though. I think I even tweeted this. I love taking long showers uh, with my R&B music playing. I turn out the lights. I have the candles going. And I'm blessed enough to have, you know, in my shower, I got like a seat. And so I, sometimes I just let the water hit me and I just sit down. And I'm just, I, I, I speak. <laughs> if I'm Bruh. speaking, I'll speak to the things that I'm grateful for. Okay. You know? Bro, for the way you were describing that, I feel like you got a lot of ladies out there. <laughs> oh, a little hot and bothered, God, bro. God, You're God, like, God, turn God, on the lights, R and B music. <laughs> the ladies got a visual there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you, if one was to try to impress their lady, one should be able to impress themselves, right? And so, you know, for myself, I love R and B just because I love R and B myself. You know, one hundred man. And I, I, I truly love to look at the the things that I'm grateful for, the things that I've been able to accomplish and and to recite those aloud. Sometimes yeah. I say it out loud. I really do. That's that helps me. Uh, some other things that I do outside of, you know, of course going to the gym. I like doing yoga. Really? Uh, yeah, I love I doing still yoga. I've gotten into the yoga, man. Yeah, especially hot yoga to be specific. I love hot yoga. Like Bikram. Yes, that's Okay. That's intense, bro. <laughs> it's just I I love something about hot yoga. It just does it for me. And then and I would say one of the, there's two more. One of the biggest that I do is listen to my body. When I need to rest, I will be in my bed for a good 24 hours, like, or a good 18 hours, shall I say. I will just stay in the bed, put down a cell phone, and just veg roll out. around. Yeah, just roll around, like, veg out. Uh, listen, and I, put on a movie, not pay attention to it. Yeah. To that point, like, I feel like in today's society, everything is like, go, go, go. You got to hustle, no sleep, team, no sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I love that, tired. right? I love that. Yeah. But I feel like at the same time, what you just said hits home with me. Like, sometimes you need that time to yourself to just do absolutely nothing. And yes. that's okay. Yes. Like, don't feel upset or, holy shit, I'm, I'm, I'm so unproductive right now. Like, no, like, you are being productive, right? Yeah you're taking care of yourself. Like that's all part of self care. And I think that's very important for people to understand. Sometimes Bro, you just it need is. that. Like I'm, I'm so regimented. Like I know at least every six weeks I'm, I'm taking at least 18 hours. And I ain't doing shit. I'm in the bed. I ain't responding to nobody, no messages, none of that. Except my mom and my sister and my father. That's it. That's it. Right. And then it might take me a few hours to get back to them as well. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's self, I, you know, I talk about self-love all the time. It start with the word self. You got to take care of self first, right? And so self-care, taking care of you, paying attention to you, paying attention to your body. Uh, and then the last thing I do is uh, this, my home, I got to give credit to my homie West. He, uh, Kanye? Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to Kanye. Well, my other homie, he... At the, like, the height of when you come off the bachelorette or whatever, he started to reach out to me. And he would say, all right, bro, on the first of every month, like the, between the first and the third, you know, pick a day or whatever. He's, he would ask me, how you doing? How you feeling today? How's your mom? You know, how your people doing? How's your health? You know, how's you know, your goals? You know, how are you mentally? And go through like a list of questions. And then I would respond. 
And we've been doing this for like 18 months now. And that shit is amazing. I love that, bro. Right. That's shit, just, I might start doing that. Yeah. It's just like a check-in. Like that's literally what it is. It's a check-in, you know, just checking in with each other. How are you today? Like we talk all the time. We talk about sports, uh, women and finances and just as we're getting older, but that check-in call is very important, right? It's specific for that. Right? Yeah, you got you got to check in with yourself. You got to know when your body needs a break, like you were talking about. I mean, you need that self-care time to focus on yourself. You know, are you being selfish? Yeah, absolutely, but that's necessary, and you need to put all those obligations and things you got on your plate aside and just focus on the most important person, and that's you. And Definitely. you know, not to shun the the people in your life that you care about but at the end of the day i don't know if you're gonna agree or not but if you're not right with yourself you can't really be right for them right and you want to be right as much as possible you want to be the best person for them so that means taking care of you first yeah definitely so i i do agree with that i would say you you if you're not right for yourself but you're trying to be right for them you're only going to be digging a hole deeper for you be pouring out of an empty cup yeah, exactly, exactly. No. But man, this I cannot wait to talk to Carl, bro. This this is a subject that I've been wanting to talk about for so long now. It's going to help so many people. So you ready to talk to him? Let's do it, man. Can't wait. Let's do it. Welcome to the show, Carl. How you doing, bud? I'm doing all right, guys. How are you? Doing good, good man. man. Good. So uh, today, Carl, obviously, it's a, it's a very sensitive topic. We're going to be talking about mental health and addiction. So definitely thank you for joining us and being open and vulnerable with us. Uh, you know, from the entire Talking It Out family, you know, we're sorry for your loss. You know, we obviously Thanks, know about your brother and we send our sincere condolences to your family. Um, you know, you. with that being said, I just want to start off talking about mental health. How are you feeling? You know, I appreciate you giving the opportunity to talk about, you know, uh, these kinds of things. I, I applaud both of you guys using your platform to to do just this. It's something, you know, being on these reality shows, obviously I think mental health is a key underlying thing, but sometimes isn't really addressed. And, Correct. you know, you'll see someone acting crazy on a, on a show or, you know, in, in, a, in a, some sort of party or whatever. And it's like, you don't really know what's going on behind closed doors. So, yeah. you know, I, I'd been struggling, I think for quite a while and wasn't really aware of, you know, kind of what was going on. I mean, I, I self-medicated by drinking and partying a lot, truthfully. Um, you know, living in New York city, very easy to do. Uh, yeah, that's you know, true. and I was able to like, I mean, this sounds weird, but I was able to function, you know, I was at least in my opinion, I thought I was, you know, I thought, thought, you know, going out four or five nights a week, uh, <sighs> staying out, staying out till 4am. Um, you know, I was doing that for the first five or six years living in New York. I've been here about wow. eight years now. Um, wow. so yeah, New I mean, it's different. Yeah. It's it, the city never, doesn't sleep. How old do you, how old do you? I'm 36. Yeah. 36 damn you, yeah the stamina bro four, <laughs> night, like, four or five nights a week that's 4 a.m yeah. i'm like i could not do that no <laughs> and I, be, I, I, I look a little bit different because i i stopped i stopped boozing for for actually I, i've been sober for a couple months now and Congrats, um man. you know with my brother's passing i mean to answer your question how i'm doing I, i'm doing the best i can all things considered uh you know every day is a new day which is good i think just to kind of embrace and a lot of, I have a lot of gratitude for what I've got in my life, and it's put a lot in perspective, you know, the passing of my brother, but also just taking better care of my mental health. Um, so I didn't really start seeing a therapist legitimately until about a year and a half ago. 
prior to that, I was seeing a therapist, but it was more about like relationships. And I wasn't actually being truthful in my therapy. I was kind of yeah. hiding some of the real things that I was, I wasn't telling them I was going out till four. I wasn't telling them how much I was drinking. I wasn't telling them the rela- like the real, real honest stuff. And I think I was doing myself a disservice. I actually went to a Tony Robbins seminar and I, I don't know like how people feel about Tony, but I mean, some of it's, you know, I think pretty powerful. Yeah, I went to a Tony um, seminar back in uh, November of 19. I thought it was yeah, awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, I went with the, to the Date with Destiny in West Palm Beach. Okay. Yeah, uh, very cool. It was back in 2019. And I was just, you know, I've had a lot of great stuff going on in my life, but I, I, I couldn't get out of my own way and just needed something. So I went down there and that really triggered a lot of just taking better care of myself and, and being more open and honest about my mental health. How do you think uh, when you said you started seeing your the newer therapist about 18 months ago, what changed to become more transparent, more authentic when you were speaking with uh, your therapist? I mean, you, you, you go, th- I mean, you watch it. Like, luckily I have, I mean, in some ways, luckily and not luckily, just ha- watching yourself on TV. You know, I've been on Summer, Summer House five seasons now. And, yeah. you know, every season, for the most part, I've had some moments where, I mean, you guys can, can agree. You've had some moments you're not maybe proud of or super, true. Yeah. super pumped about. And a lot sure. of mine, a lot of mine were alcohol related. And I was like, okay, am I just, I was blaming the girls in relationships. I was blaming other things except for myself. And I think after a while you, you start pointing fingers and then people were like, you know, started losing friends. People not wanting to hang out with me. Cause I was being, wow. I was just, I was a lot to be around. Um, so you start looking around, you're like, the room's getting different. Some people aren't calling you back anymore. Uh, <laughs> you got some females that never want to hear from you again, things like that. It started building up and I was like, you know what? I can't live like this. So I've been on like a true mental health journey for about 18 to 20 months so far. I love that. That's one of the first steps uh, in, in going through that journey is to, to be introspective, right? Yeah. To be mature, look at yourself, to know what you can do better and how to be better. So I commend you for that right now. Thank you. And I was going to say, I mean, there's been a lot of, you know, I commend, I mean, I, I'm a big sports dude. I, you know, I play basketball. I'm about six, five. So I, I love a lot of the hoop hoopers and I'll give, I'll give credit. You know, Kevin Love is, is very vocal yep. about his, yep. his yep. mental health. Um, you Mark know, DeRozan, Paul, Paul, yeah. yeah, Paul Georgie or no, it's DeRozan too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so that stuff for me was helpful. I think when you look up to certain athletes or certain people in the public eye, it's like, okay, if that dude's, you know, not wanting to get out of bed one day, or he has incredible anxiety, that, that kind of stuff I related to a lot. So that was helpful. Definitely, man. I related to a, a lot of what Ricky Williams was saying, you know, old Dolphins uh, running back. Yeah. About some of the things that took place against him. No, I, I love Ricky. I, I miss, he, he was kind of a trailblazer, even with some of his yeah, you know, yeah. marijuana. <laughs> I was about to say that. He was a trailblazer. Carl, so I wanted to ask you, uh, like, I feel there's a lot of, or a lack of education and a lot of stigma out there when it comes to mental health. And obviously having dealt with the tragic death of your brother and, you know, being around someone that you hold so near and dear to your heart and he was struggling with mental health, from your perspective, what do you want people around the world to learn from what you went through? I mean, the biggest thing is you're not alone. You know, I think it's, that's a lot of people say that, um, you know, I think for me is there's, you know, I, I've connected to a ton of people in the last few years on a lot of different levels, just being on, on reality TV, but this one's even more just it, it, the amount of people that respond to just me saying, Hey, I've, I've had days where I've been depressed or I've had days where I'm incredibly anxious. Uh, just had a lot of people reach out to me and, and that kind of support has been amazing. But, um, yeah, I mean, the stigma around like me, for me, when I was growing up, if you like were complaining or you cried, you were a little bitch, just being honest. Yeah. 
uh, or you were a pussy or you were something like that. And part of my language, I don't know if you oh, can yeah. swear on this. Um, that's true. You know, and I, again, that, that's more of a, the male alpha culture. And I grew up in a very male dominated family. So if you showed emotion, you know, you would get you were in trouble. So I just learned to bottle things up. You learn just to kind of, you know, bite your tongue, hold things back. Um, and then you kind of, you talk to your friends and I, my brother was going to therapy when I was probably in my fifth, fifth or sixth grade. And we started doing family therapy actually, cause my brother was yeah. having, you know, challenges that were affecting the whole group. And I always, I would, I wouldn't tell my friends at school we were doing family therapy cause I didn't want to get called, Oh, the fucked up family or you're the, you're the problem family. Yeah. And that's the stuff that I think was challenging is I look at like, you know, going to the gym, you work out, you're working out your arms, your legs, or you're running. Like you're keeping your body in shape, but like people don't work out their minds. And I think for us, mental fitness, when you tell men like, Hey, you can sharpen your brain too. And that shit matters more than probably how your arms look or your legs look. Um, so that's where I've turned it off. It's like, I invest, you know, obviously I go to the gym or I work out, but I've invested in mental health, even meditation. Those things are actually very cost effective. So that stuff has been just kind of turning your brain around on Smart people go to therapy. Cool people go to therapy. Successful go. people go to therapy. There you so. go. Absolutely. I like that, man. Uh, <laughs> that's a good thing for us. To, a good thing to say. I think men need to know that. Uh, it seems to be in like the business world when it comes to marketing. Uh, they always market to women, but men go through shit as well. And I think it's just not spoken about for men because of that. I don't want to say the word pussy because one of my homegirls, she, she said, pussies are actually really strong. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you're actually right. So I got to find a different word to say right there. But uh, Carl, just thank you again for being so open. I I cannot imagine what it's like to lose a sibling, like whatsoever, let alone uh, like the way that you did and the way that your family did. And, you know, again, I commend you for speaking on it. Uh, and you're doing a beautiful work for yourself and for thanks. all of your following and just quite honest to the world. So homie, salute to you for that. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I, I, uh, I dealt with addiction. Uh, not me, myself, but from someone I love and care about. And they came to me about their addiction before. And I honestly didn't know how to navigate it. Because, uh, like, I didn't want to snitch and or I I wanted to keep their trust. Right. So how did you navigate that when you found out uh, some of the things going on? I mean, I'll say that that's one of the hardest part because there's a lot of guilt and shame with yeah. addicts. And I think they they're in a lot of pain and they're afraid to show how, how hurt they are. So I commend, you know, your friend or whomever came to you, but it's a very del- delicate subject. You know, you're, yeah. you're kind of, in, you know, the, the fear around coming clean on what, what you're really dealing with is, is so scary. But I think honestly involved involving, like, you know, I've had a lot of friends that been like, I love you. I care about you. And I want to support you without really saying you need to get help. Like sometimes yeah. saying you need to get help to someone is a little abrasive. Tell me you need to get help without telling me you need to get help. <laughs> basically. Uh, so I, I've had that my, in my own personal life. I mean, basic friends, when you get about 20 to 30 of your friends over the course of a year, ch- text you on a Saturday, hey, you all right? First off, Carl, you got that many friends. <laughs> like, can we get a well, hand clap? Acquaintances. When I'm, out of, when I'm out and about in New York, bopping around, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I meet a, I met a ton of people. It's tough. I mean, I, I've got, since I've been coming clean about my own struggles and my brother, it's it's fascinating. Even my close homies and close friends have called me and be like, Hey dude, I've been drinking a ton during the pandemic. Um, you know, can you give me some, some advice? So I, there's a lot of resources online. Honestly, AA is free. I think AA is great. It's a good little entry point. There's a lot of virtual 
opportunities these days. Everybody's so connected virtually that you can actually jump on an AA meeting. So there's a lot of good stuff online. Honestly, I think for people that without telling them they've they they need help, you can kind of direct them into some, some places. Wow. Nice. Can you go back to that, your, your, your family piece? Cause you said you guys did family therapy. Uh, I've never heard anyone say that. I think that's astounding, quite honestly. Like, does that bring your family closer when you guys do that? Or like, just can't, I want to learn. I'm genuinely I'm, curious about it. Yeah. And I'm interested in knowing like that's so that's cool that you guys decided that that early because we actually have some fans that have chimed in about they want their family to go to therapy or they want to go together as a family, but it's a hard topic to to broach and their family's very against it. So how did that dynamic work with your family? Yeah, I mean, this is this is back when I think we were still learning a lot about my brother's challenges and just how that affects the family because when when you have an addict in your family, it's everybody's an addict, basically. Uh, mm -hmm. And just kind of acknowledging that, you know, it's a disease and this person's sick. And this is another form of if, if, if your family member had cancer, you would go to chemo with them if you could 100%, right? Absolutely. Yes. So this is I, I kind of put it in that, it, you know, I hate to use such harsh terms, but addiction can lead to death. And so, you know, obviously, the, the, the harshness of it needs to be put in that same category. And for us, I mean, back back when we were doing family therapy, it was something that was recommended by uh, an individual counselor. Because I think when, you know, when I go to my therapist, I'm talking so much about my family. It's like, why don't we just get everybody in the same room and do this all, all together? Uh, it wasn't easy. I wasn't at an age really to fully understand what was going on. It was uh, uncomfortable, truthfully. Um, when did you start going with your family? I was probably in fifth or sixth grade. Okay. Wow. But, you know, you were, were in school or after a practice and all of a sudden I'm sitting in a room with a stranger and then my mom, my dad and my brother. And it was like, you know, it, it's just a lot to, to process. I think you know, that was for me, it probably painted the bad light of, of what I thought therapy was like. It was just uncomfortable and weird. But I was at a young age and we were still discovering what my brother's challenges were. Gotcha. Gotcha. You seem so mature. I've never watched you on Summer House, so I don't know if you be acting wild sometimes. We'll, we'll find out. You know, I definitely want to check it. Well, if you watch seasons one through three, well, <laughs> one through four, and, the, you know, like I said, no pressure, hey, but I've, I, I have a good time. Let's just say that. And I've definitely made some mistakes. Well, you, you, you go through a lot. I mean, listen, like you mentioned, I'm, I'm pretty sure maybe it's happened in another show, but I was mic'd up and, and I was being filmed when I found out about my brother passing away. Oh, wow. um, just, yes. I mean, you can imagine, like, obviously you guys have had really incredible experiences on TV and you've done, I mean, I've done a lot of cool things, no doubt about it. There's been hard, harder times and you, you have to open up and be vulnerable about things that are you never thought would happen on TV. But then this is a whole other level and it just put a lot in perspective for me. And um obviously we have a unique platform to discuss this and it's almost like my brother's story kind of like it needed to hear the light of this and just really talk about how addiction and can affect the family the pandemic has put so much people in these really difficult positions a lot of stress a lot of anxiety and a lot of triggers so um you know if my brother's story can help one person through this then you know i think it's it was worth having to go through it so publicly but it, it's been a lot i mean i'm doing better now that it's out there's like a sense of relief yeah. Um, and I honestly, my brother, you know, he didn't really like Bravo. It didn't like, you know, me being on TV. So it's, it it's kind of crazy. Show? <laughs> he just, you know, I think he struggled with watching me party and watching me kind of get into difficult situations with girls and was kind of embarrassed almost, I think. I got you. I think you just said a gym right there that I, I want to make sure that, you know, the audience and Brian and I make sure we pay attention to. You said that 
it almost helps you now that it's out there, right? So many times when we go through a, a, a sad time in life, we're depressed, uh, some real shit happens in our life. Well, the first thing we want to do is isolate ourselves and, you know, and like go like, be like a in. turtle and yeah. hold it in. When you go through so much, you, you kind of learn, you take a lot, you take a lot for granted. A lot of us do. And I think the pandemic has put a lot of perspective for us. But then when you lose a sibling and you lose them in a manner that's like, you know, just so shocking and so tragic, you kind of got to grow the F up and you kind of like yeah. have to look, look the situation and step up for your family, step up for your mother and, you know, really almost provide a sense of positivity and energy around the whole situation and turn it into something positive. And that's, that's kind of my calling at this point. I mean, no, am I going to be a mental health advocate and up there on a podium? Probably not, but I think my story is relevant right now. And, you know, I think I've got a unique opportunity to, to be really truthful about it. And hopefully, like I said, excuse me, help a few people out. Absolutely. Um, so. Carl, I was interested, how did the whole dynamic with your family and growing up and going to therapy so early and obviously the loss of your brother, like how has that affected you in your relationships with women and dating? <laughs> I mean, great, great question. I, I would say it's been, I've been, I've been taking a pause on some of the dating. Okay. I think I, I know some men and I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but I have, you know, myself included emotionally, the support I would love right now from a female. Uh, I I've gotten that from my close female friends like Lindsay, who's, who's on summer house and some other close female friends. Um, but it's, it's, it's only respectful to take some more time before I start dating and just really wrap my head around who I am. And cause I think a lot of men jump into a relationship after something like that, or need, need that kind of emotional of support yeah. and you end up leading a girl on, or you, you putting on a, a show for something that may not be really that yeah. serious. So if you haven't unpacked everything that you need to unpack in order to give them the best of you. Exactly. So I'm trying to be more mindful and self-aware of what I'm offering to a, a female out there. And yeah, truthfully, I, I've, I've, you know, it's, it's about to start getting warmer. I'm feeling really good <laughs> in my life. I'm excited, but I do think I need some more time to kind of heal and process. Um, I think it's only fair and, and respectful to do that. Bro, knowing, knowing that is so huge, just so pivotal. So that's, you're doing the right things, bro. Like yeah. you, you know that already going into it. So I just, again, commend you for that. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for me, it's like, I think there's a lot of high functioning, smart, successful folks that are struggling behind closed doors, whether it's with relationship, alcohol, mental health, whatever it might be. And you don't see it. Like, honestly, you know, us three, we're good looking men put together and you don't have a judgment, but you could be at home struggling all day. And I think people look at Carl on Summer House. They may see me on the in the Hamptons on the weekends. They may see me with the cute girl at the nice restaurant. But I think people that through that lens sometimes forget that we are humans we do struggle uh i don't i don't i know social media people don't post their shitty days on social sometimes they do but you know it's all happiness and and you know usually for for attention grabbing so i i just wanted people to know that listen you know i myself have struggled our family struggles and there's probably someone in your life that you know very well that probably is hurting a little bit and they just don't have the strength to share that so offering compassion offering love being a little more open-minded to, to people's challenges and, and supporting that and finding ways to, I think, to connect us all because we are a lot more connected than we think. Facts, straight up. And uh, Carl, you've, uh, you've partnered with an organization called Shatterproof and it's a nonprofit dedicated to reversing the addiction crisis. So can you just talk a little bit about their efforts and you know, explain to our audience how they could help? 
Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, I mean, it's interesting, like uh, with the social media platforms and being on Bravo and, and reality, you get so connected to your fans and followers. And I'm not a doctor, I'm not a therapist. I needed some other foundation. I needed another layer of support that I feel like can really guide, you know, individuals or families that that want to get more help or more resources. So Shatterproof is an organization uh, based out of Connecticut, uh, which is close by to New York City. Um, the founder, you know, had a son who who overdosed and lost. And, you know, the opioid crisis, the addiction crisis, you know, it's it's happening a lot. It happens more than people really fully understand because it is so hard to talk about. So the goal of the Shatterproof is just people, if, if one person just calls their friend and says, hey, man, you're all right. Or, hey, man, let's get a coffee. Um, then it's a win. So they've they've been really helpful just having more resources. So on their website, they've got literally a phone number you can call and ask questions. I think that's huge. Uh, their social media has got just good little uh, quips, other things for your family members. So if you're, you know, your sister or someone, a lot of good stuff there. Um, and then also we're, I'm actually, you know, the, the donation part, there, there's funds that can be raised uh, and applied in a variety of ways. So I'm actually running a 5K uh, that they have for, it's at the middle of April, April 17th. So we do a little run. There you go. You know, work, work out and raise some money too. There, there's a lot of stuff out there, um, for, you know, resources, but it, there is, I think there's a language that's dis- that's difficult to use with certain addicts or how you communicate. Yeah. And I would say Shatterproof has a lot of good language. So anybody listening that maybe has a sister or brother or friend, there's a lot of good language that they kind of tell you how to frame things if you're having conversations with, with you know, family member. For me, just living this kind of life and just not, not drinking and taking better care of myself just feels really good right now. So uh, I think you'll see that reflected in, in the next season of the show. I can't wait for that, man. Very cool. L- man. Lastly, bro, lastly, what is one thing you want to leave our listeners with? Oh, man. I mean, like I said, I mean, this is obviously a serious chat, but, you know, I think, um, be, you know, just it's, it's okay not to be okay. You know, even big, big, tall Carl Radke on, you know, Bravo Summerhouse. I've had my days where I struggle, um, but there are people that care about you. There are people that want to help. The only way they can help you is if you're more open and, and vulnerable about it. And, uh, you know, again, thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to share a little bit about mine. Um, you guys have, you know, a lot, a lot of cool, a lot of cool things have happened, but I think using your platform like this is, is really awesome. So thank you for the chance to do it. So thank you for coming on, Carl. Thank we you, appreciate yeah. your time and the vulnerability and uh, good luck to you the rest of the way. I appreciate it guys. Thank you so much. Take Let's care. See have a great week. Yep. All right. Cheers, guys. Wow. My Carl was absolutely amazing. I loved how open he was. He looks like he he seems like he's grown so much uh, from his early seasons on Summer House. And, you know, obviously with the loss of his brother and, you know, that I can't even imagine, man. But, you know, just to see him the way he's looking now and, you know, he's he's been sober for a little bit now and he seems like he's doing great. And I just loved his vulnerability today on the podcast. I I commend him big time. Can't wait for all our listeners to listen to Carl. And speaking of our listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for tuning into today's episode. Uh, I think I'm I'm loving this space that we're getting into. You know, we're having real conversations uh, about the male psyche and just being open and honest Uh, to our fans, to our listeners. You know, we always love to hear your opinions, your stories and your insights. So please don't forget to like, comment, follow, message us on social at Talking It Out BN. That's Talking It Out B as in Bachelor in the Nation on IG, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, 
Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, The Wondery Apps, or wherever you listen to right now. Baby, don't DM me no more. Subscribe. Holy